What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday. Far too many to keep up with, along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast where there is no off-season. Welcome back to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host this week, Matt Price. Dan Myler is on assignment in Las Vegas, Ryan, so it's it's just the two of us tonight, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little jealous, I have to say, but we're here to talk, uh, to talk week 14 and transactions you might make in your Dynasty League. Yeah, I kind of want to have a pity party off the top here for all the terrible performances of all the studs and all of my teams this year, but we won't we won't do that. We'll we'll just jump right into it. Unless you have uh, any ex- extraordinary circumstances you want to talk about, Ryan? No, I, I think it's it's probably better to ignore that topic as much <laughs> as we can for right now. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, so we're going to start with the Cowboys and the Bears. They played on Thursday night. Ryan, you had Blake Jarwin uh, from this game. Yeah, I think we should be adding Blake Jarwin uh, if he's not already on a roster. Probably looking at um, more more shallow dynasty leagues, maybe twenty three man rosters and below to to be able to snag him off the waiver wire. But uh, it feels like his role has been increasing really as as the weeks have gone on, as the season has gone along, gone on. Caught six passes for fifty yards last week against the Bears, and I mean we know the story with Witten. It's it's really been a surprise that he's produced like he has for that team but you have to think this was kind of a one-year deal and that he's going to retire again at the end of the season at least that's kind of been my assumption Uh, regardless Jarwin's already been scoring as a tight end to even sharing time and and playing behind Witten so he's a guy that uh, that I've been checking my waiver wires for yeah, and it's pretty clear that, athletically speaking, he is far ahead of Witten at this point in his career. Witten is kind of that catch-the-ball-fall-down uh, kind of receiver. So Jarwin certainly offers a little bit more there. Um, all right, so let's move on to the Bengals and Browns. I had this game. I, I picked David Njoku. Uh, this is his first game back after coming off the IR. Just three targets, one catch for four yards. Really, obviously, not very impressive this week, especially against a matchup like the Bengals. Uh, but you know, I, I kind of think this is going to be uh, just kind of like a warm-up game. He's getting back into it. It's going to be trust to trust him next week, obviously, um, against another good matchup. But. In general, I kind of still want to buy a Joko. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, he, he, this offense really seems to be coming together. And I'm going to throw it to you like this, Ryan, honestly, is I kind of want to buy the entire offense. We've had this news come out about Odell Beckham Jr. this week, about a sports hernia injury, I think it was, uh, that really wasn't taken care of. Baker Mayfield has come out and said the injury, injury was not handled correctly. So maybe that's why Beckham has disappointed a bit a little bit this year. Uh, so I think he's a buy. And then Landry, he seems to be really kind of forming the real chemistry with Baker Mayfield right now. So I think he's a buy too and then you know say what you will about the backfield maybe hunt is back maybe he's not uh, chubb certainly will be back uh, those guys are probably a little bit more expensive 
maybe you can still get Hunt at a little bit of a discount. But I kind of want to buy this entire offense right now. Yeah, I do too. I like the Njoku call especially, and you mentioned the good matchup next week. That's the the Cardinals who always give it up to the tight end. So you, you have to feel a little uneasy with using Njoku next week in, in the fantasy playoffs, but I think I'm going to do it. That that Cardinals matchup is just uh, just too juicy to ignore. But as far as the rest of the offense, I, I think I'm I think I'm in agreement with you. But I, I still just feel like. Uh, Beckham and, and Baker especially are carrying that name value, even though uh, they've both had disappointing seasons overall. You know, we can say buy low on those guys and their price has dropped from what it was preseason, but I still think they're going to be pretty costly. Odell Beckham is, is going to cost you, I, I would think, at least a couple of first, uh, and, and then Mayfield's still being valued in that kind of that low end QB one range. So uh, similar price to, you know, maybe Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott, not, not far off from that range. Yeah. I think I, Najoku, I'm still willing to buy for mid to late second. If I can get him there, uh, Odell, I, I was, I definitely still pay two first for Landry is kind of like that. Maybe late first, less than a first, more than a second kind of player uh, for me. And then Chubb, obviously a couple of firsts. What, what about Kareem Hunt? What would you be willing to spend on him right now? Is he, is he a late first for you? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay a first for him. But honestly, I'm still of of the mindset that I'm not paying first for for many running backs. Um, I'd I'd rather invest those picks into into wide receivers or package those picks for uh, for a higher end running back. So, just throwing a late first at, at Hunt is not something I would advise. But if he comes cheaper than that, I, I like him as a buy. I, I think he's. I don't know. It seems like he's playing more than we even realize sometimes. I think he's, he has a larger role than than I thought he would. I love that they're getting him involved, and, and it hasn't really hurt Chubb as, as, a, as a ball carrier, as a producer on the ground. Uh, and as you kind of alluded to, it all just kind of comes down to where Hunt ends up next year. There's been a lot of confusion on, on his contract status. Uh, when he first signed with Cleveland, he was – reportedly going to be an uh, ER free agent, basically a, a exclusive rights free agent, which means the Browns would be able to keep him if they wanted to uh, at, at a low cost. And I, I don't think that's the case, at, at least with what I've seen lately. So it does seem like he will likely be moving on following this year. And uh, we'll, we'll see what the market is for him. Why could it, why couldn't they have used Duke Johnson? Like they're using Kareem Hunt. I mean, honestly, I, I know I think Kareem Hunt is obviously a better player, but this role was there for Duke Johnson, and they never, never gave it to him. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty frustrating. That, except you know the the uh, Texans aren't giving it to him either for the <laughs> yeah, most part. Good so, point. you know, we had that conversation with Lamar Miller, um, also on the Texans now for years. Like, why didn't he get more usage with Miami? It's got to be a coaching staff. It's got to be bad decisions. And then the same thing happened, and. You know, maybe maybe some of these guys just can't handle a bigger workload. Maybe the coaches do, in fact, know more than we do. I know yeah, that's, that's weird, but, <laughs> but maybe they do. <laughs> let's, Who would have thunk it? Yeah, let's go to the Panthers and Falcons. Ryan, who'd you have from this game? Yeah, I want to talk about Ian Thomas. I, I think we mentioned him last week as well uh, as, as a possible ad from the waiver wire. That was probably wishful thinking. At least it was in leagues I'm in. He was, uh, he was on a roster in all of those. But we saw him fill in very well for uh, for Greg Olson, who missed with the concussion. 
Caught five passes, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Maybe what was most encouraging for me is he saw 10 targets. Uh, so, you know, lots of trust, plenty of volume in that offense. And now I would just recommend trading for Thomas, even if Olsen comes back in week uh, 15, and, and even if Thomas goes back to the bench. I think this is a long-term move. Um, and basically every time Olsen has been out uh, the past couple of years, Thomas has has performed. Uh, it's it's been eight games. He's had he's played eight games without Olsen the past two years, and is averaging double digit fantasy points per game in those uh, in those contests. So looking at the trade finder, it's it's pretty laughable, honestly. I, uh, Ian Thomas for a fourth rounder. Ian Thomas and a sixth for a fourth rounder. Ian Thomas for Jack Doyle is is maybe the one that people would consider more fair, but I'd still take Thomas over Doyle uh, at this point as well. So. Uh, pretty easy buy for me, and and if Olsen comes back next week, he'll become an even easier buy if, if we assume his price drops slightly. Yeah, I was just going to say that if Olsen comes back, we might want to wait a little bit on this buy. Uh, you know, not a super impressive performance today for me and Thomas, but we've seen him do it in the past, and uh, I like this buy quite a bit. Uh, any third rounder, I would I would give up for for Ian Thomas right now if I was you know especially if I was one of those contending teams that was. Running, running out like Jared Cook or one of these older guys out as my starter right now to have that guy waiting in the wings for 2020. So uh, let's go on to the Lions and the Vikings. Uh, this one is uh, another ad, hopefully. If you're in uh, maybe a 26-plus roster spot league, maybe he's on a roster, but Mike Boone, only five carries for 13 yards in this game. But, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook did come back, did look, you know, relatively healthy, but Madison played a little bit more than usual. Uh, that could have been the matchup and just the way the game went. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, if, if uh, Cook does get hurt again whether this season or in the future Boone actually kind of profiles more of, of, of the type of player that Dalvin Cook is a little bit more of that slasher a little bit quicker uh, and not quite the the beast that that Madison is there so if the if uh, Cook went down Boone I think could be a complimentary piece to Madison I think Madison has certainly proven that he'll be the starter if that were to happen but but Boone is an interesting player there and uh, uh, made a lot of noise in the preseason if I remember might so if, if he's available on waiver wires go ahead and add him Ryan I don't know if I'm at if I'm going to pay anything for Boone at this point uh, but certainly worth an ad. Yeah, I think so as well. And and with this one, we're talking uh, really deep rosters. So probably up upwards of 30-man rosters, maybe even more before you're looking to add Mike Boone because, as you mentioned, he is, uh, he is third on that depth chart technically. But I do think if Cook were to miss time, it, it would be kind of the scenario you outlined that we would see more of a backfield committee with Boone and Alexander Madison and uh, Boone would be the pass catcher in that role and, or in that scenario. And, and that's, that's what you want in PPR league. So uh, yeah, in those deep leagues, grabbing Boone is, is not a bad idea. I just don't think Madison is really attainable now. And it, I mean, there are probably certainly people out there looking to sell high, you know, based off, you know, Cook getting banged up a little bit and what he's done this year. And I'm just not willing to pay up for what they would probably want. I'm guessing that he's going to – people are going to want it like a late first hand. I'm not, I'm not paying that. I think I'm, I'm still at like a mid-second as a maximum for, for Madison at this point. Uh, all right, let's go down to the Ravens and the Bills, Ryan. Who do we got here? Yeah, looking at Hayden Hurst here, it seems like so many of these players we're going to talk about today are are injury-related, either themselves or – uh, one of their one of their teammates. That's the case here with Hurst, as we saw Mark Andrews go out of the game with a with a knee injury. Early reports are that it's not considered serious, but with Andrews gone, Hurst led the team in receiving, 
caught all three of his targets for 73 yards and a long touchdown. I think that was a 61 yarder. So that really, of course, boosted his, uh, his stat line, but you know, whether it's Hurst or Andrews or, or, um, you know, who is it? Nick Boyle, I think. Obviously, Lamar Jackson at this point favors favors the tight end. So I, I don't think Hayden Hurst is is the complete replica of uh, of Mark Andrews. I don't think he's going to produce like that or, or has that upside. But if Andrews misses time, I do think Hurst is going to see uh, see targets and see an opportunity. So I would be picking him up just in case if he's available. And again, we're talking about uh, more shallow leagues, 23-man rosters or lower. I don't think people have totally given up on Hurst in your deeper leagues yet. Yeah, I I I did not like Hurst coming out, but clearly the role is there for him. It's just if he's going to – it just – guess remains to be seen if he's going to get lost with the the rest of those tight ends whereas Andrews kind of separated himself a little bit at least based on performance but I will say Hurst look look pretty good it's just too bad he's already like 37 years old right (laughs) something like that (laughs) uh let's go on to the Chargers and Jaguars Uh, I picked Leonard Fournette as a sell this week Uh, 15 carries 50 yards three catches on six targets for 13 yards I know he's I know he's been a lot better this year, but I think a lot of that has been those gigantic runs he's had in a few games, uh, certainly underperforming in the touchdown realm. And he's just I don't know. I still just don't trust him and from an injury standpoint. He has been healthy this year, but but historically he has been, you know, just as as bad as an energy risk as Cook, if, if not, if not worse in some regards. So I'm willing to get out, especially for them, some of these prices I saw in the trade finder uh, Fournette and Julio were sent for Mixon and Cup. You know, I think that's uh, you're I guess you're 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 kind of treading water between Fournette and Mixon to get a lot younger from Julio to Cup. I like that. Fournette for and Breeze for Odell Beckham Jr. We talked about earlier. That's a move I would make for OBJ right now pretty easily. Uh, picking up Mixon and two second round picks for Fournette. And then this one, Ryan, I know you like this one. I know you don't like Sony, but I bet you like getting Juju uh, for, for Fournette straight up. You probably don't even need Sony in the 2024th in this deal. You'll take Juju just for Fournette. Yeah, I might counter that one and just leave Sony out. That that makes the deal better. But no, I, I agree with you. I like all four of those deals in, in selling Fournette. And of course, that this big year has has boosted his value. This time last year, we were we were looking at a guy who we did not consider even an RB one, even a top twelve dynasty running back. And now now he's in that mid RB one range, according to our latest dynasty ADP. And, and I'm with you. I just, I just don't trust him yet. And in fact, if, if you have a running back who you don't view as being in that elite tier, and that's probably a a better conversation for another day, but I I would recommend selling all of those running backs. And for me, we're talking about Fournette. We're talking about uh, Nick Chubb, even. Um, all those guys in that range, Joe Mixon would be included. If you don't think they're elite, then they're just not going to last long relatively. Yeah, I like Mixon more than Fournette at this point, but it's just still that situation is questionable. I mean, we, we're really going to go back and trust this this ownership group and, and what they're doing. I know they're going to have a high first round for pick. You know, they might get one of these exciting quarterbacks in there, but... I, I, I don't know. I think I would rather have Mixon than Fournette at this point, but I agree, Mixon, if you can get a similar deal uh, as these, that he's probably a sell too. Uh, next up, we've got Washington and the Packers. Uh, Ryan, who do you got from this game? Yeah, I stole your Packers game from you. And we're going we're gonna to look at one of the Redskins players, though. Uh, rookie wide receiver Kelvin Harmon would be a, a guy I would suggest 
adding uh, or buying even if you have to. Uh, really began the season with almost no role at all. Through the first nine games, he had eight total catches, uh, just simply wasn't being used there. And and honestly, the entire offense was struggling and, and continues to struggle. Over the past month, though, he's been the wide receiver 51 in PPR scoring. Obviously, that doesn't sound like uh, a huge boost, but he's averaging seven and a half fantasy points per game after, as I said, basically not even playing the first two months of the season. So definitely feel like he's coming on. You look at that death chart with guys like Paul Richardson and, um, and other players that just don't seem long for, uh, long for that roster. And it, it looks like Harmon along with Terry McLaurin could be starters on the, on that team in 2020. So if he's on the waiver wire, I'm definitely uh, scooping him up. And even if he's already rostered, I, I would at least be sending out some feelers. There were, there were a few, um, actually, there were several trades involving Harmon on the DLF Trade Finder. Most of those w- were package deals where Harmon was basically a throw-in, and I think that's the easiest way to acquire guys like Harmon and Hayden Hurst, Ian Thomas, a lot of these guys that we've talked about because they haven't really established value for themselves yet, so you almost have to just get them tossed into a bigger deal. When you start trying to match up a player or or a draft pick for these uh, these guys with a limited track record, it just becomes difficult. Some of the one-for-one deals I saw were Harmon for Jalen Samuels, Harmon for Josh Rosen, Harmon for Latavius Murray, and another one for Jason Witten. And I would I would pay all of those prices for him. The trade negotiations are just really difficult when you're talking a one-for-one deal like that, especially with a young player. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'd like to add him or buy him, but buying him, like you said, is difficult because you don't, you, you probably, it's probably not someone you want to give up a, even like a, like an early third for at this point, but you know, who's going to give him up for a fourth, who cares about fourth round picks. Right. So uh, it's hard to find that, that middle ground for guys like this. Um, so yeah, good strategy there getting him as a, you know, maybe as a, you're targeting somebody else and you're close in value and you say, Hey, throw in Kelvin Harmon at the same time. So to get it done. All right. Steelers Cardinals. I picked Ben Roethlisberger this week as a buy both, both in Superflex and one quarterback leagues. Honestly, uh, it's clear to me that the running game for this team is, is, is not really a thing. Maybe that's because Connor's out, whatever. Uh, but but with the way that these receivers are playing and Deontay Johnson and, and, and James Washington over the last couple of weeks, not so much this week for him, but he has looked really good, especially last week on a, on a couple of those contested catches uh, with these young receivers. And of course, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, I just I feel like this is going to be a passing team in 2020 unless they really focus on, on bringing in a uh, whether it's a high price fee agent or spending some draft capital on a running back. It just seems like this is going to go back to being a passing team. Ben Roethlisberger, I think, is going to like these receivers and what they're doing. You know, he doesn't know Antonio Brown, but they've surrounded him with with really nice weapons there. They've all kind of developed uh, for him. So uh, as a cheap veteran that no one really is thinking about right right now, a 2024th and fifth, if they can pick up a starter, the quarterback position in a good offense for two years, I like that. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick straight up in a super flex league. You know, I, I say what you will about that. I think Roethlisberger has a little bit more job security than Ryan Fitzpatrick, so I would make that pivot now. And then Greg Olson, another guy we talked about, just another like old guy for old guy trade. Um, so any of these things, I think 
think in a in a one quarterback league, if I can pick up for for a late third round, if I'm you know if I'm contending and my quarterback situation is a little bit untenable, then that's not a bad use of your you know your three point twelve or whatever for Roethlisberger. And in a super flex league, uh, you know around the same range, I think you could probably get him for an early third. Maybe you have to spend a late second at this point, um, but I like him as a buy this year for uh, or right now for for twenty twenty. Yeah, I completely agree, and I'm actually kind of sh- shocked at some of these prices. I haven't looked at his. Uh, at his trade value lately and if if that's his price whether it's a super flex league or a one quarterback league I would be uh, I would be pursuing him and and I need to do that I I think the Steelers wide receiver situation is is an interesting conversation too because I know just talking with with Matt Williamson of course uh, one of the uh, one of the guys who covers the Steelers there locally um, a few weeks ago, he told me that was going to be the big focus for Pittsburgh in the offseason was acquiring, uh, whether drafting or, or through free agency, acquiring help at the wide receiver position. But now you look at these three and James Washington, Deontay Johnson, both playing well. Of course, Juju's been hurt and and uh, a disappointment when he was on the field. But you have to still, at the very least, expect him to be. Uh, a contributor, a strong contributor next season and, and going forward. So it kind of feels like they're in a pretty good spot with these three young wide receivers right now. Yeah, I like it a lot. Deontay Johnson in the slot, even like even kind of switching roles with back and forth with Washington. I think you know Juju obviously also very successful in the slot. So all three very versatile guys that uh, I think Ben could be excited about to, to play with and I, I think they're going to keep him you know around a little bit longer than maybe within threatening to retire every offseason whatever I think that these three are probably going to keep him around a little bit longer than maybe we thought when Antonio Brown moved on uh, let's go to the Broncos and Texans Ryan who do you got here yeah I've got another quarterback I want to buy Drew Locke it 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 might not be the best time because he's coming off this big yeah. game just his second start he threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns just dismantled the uh, the Texans defense, but you, you know, I'm, I'm a believer and I, I think I'm willing to pay uh, above market value for this guy right now. And, and really it's really a case of established establishing market value because uh, he was, he was all but worthless in, at least in a one quarterback league. As of three weeks ago, he has the, he, he gets his first start uh, in week 13, and I think a lot of people chalk that up to basically leaning on his on his running game, leaning on his defense. Didn't really look that that great overall, even though they they got the uh, they got the win. But you definitely can't say that after this week against Houston. So yes, he is going to be expensive or, or relatively expensive to what he might have cost a couple weeks ago. But I think I'm willing to pay that. I'm he, I'm I'm buying in. Are you paying like a first late first and superflex? Um, I'm paying an early second or maybe two okay. seconds. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I, you know, it's interesting. We need to keep this in our back burner. Obviously, these are two unique situations, but you know, the last two seasons, the two guys that were kind of the forgotten uh, quarterbacks at, at that position after the studs came off, Drew Locke and, and Josh Adams, are. are playing like two of the best from for both of those classes and obviously in lock in a small sample size here but two games in a row where he's been relatively impressive so I'm on board with that uh, let's go to the Chiefs and Patriots here Ryan this is a discussion about a player we both liked uh, maybe not our number one overall uh, at, at, at most of the during most of the offseason um, but Nikhil Harry uh, one target one catch for 12 yards he's playing but 
despite not really being any weapons outside of Julian Edelman and that passing attack for the Patriots, he's not uh, showing up too much on the stat board for us. I, I kind of want to buy buy him still. Uh, but you know, like what, what's the price are we willing to pay? And the trade finder not being moved that, that much, to be honest with you. And that's not that surprising. You know, he was, most people paid, a, I would say a top three to four pick for him in their rookie drafts. And, uh, he hasn't produced and he, they don't want to sell cheap after that investment. Um, but the one trade I did see that was interesting was sending Darius Geis for to kill Harry Tracon Smith and a 2022nd round pick. That's a price I would go ahead and get out on Geis on pretty easily, even though we don't have, have basically no production out of, uh, those three assets that we're sending for Geis right now um, but that's something I would do to get out of guys uh, but I guess to, to drill down on this situation Ryan like you know in terms of rookie picks are you are you still sending the like where I, I assume you're sending like the 112 111 how, how high are you willing to go up the list there uh, to acquire Harry right now yeah I'm definitely still paying a first for him um, and, and back to that specific deal I'd, I'd rather have Harry than Darius guys even up so yeah. grabbing yeah. grabbing a second rounder and and Traquan on top is is a great deal. I think, um, as, as far as rookie picks, you know, we were, we were talking about it before the show. People are, are losing in their playoffs and it's, it is the very beginning of, of rookie fever season. And these picks, especially with what's ex, uh, expected to be a strong class, these picks are only going to gain value. So yes, I would pay a first for him. Um, if I'm buying him, I actually think if you wait, uh, you know, you wait a month, maybe you wait until the, even wait until the combine. I think his price and, and really the, the general market, uh, is only going to increase for these draft picks. So maybe you get him for two seconds instead of, uh, uh, instead of a late first. And I, I just really see these picks skyrocketing. So as far as how high right now, uh, I, I think any non-playoff, uh, first rounder. So bot- bottom half of the first. Uh, I'm I'm still comfortable. I'm still a believer in Harry. Anytime I'm sh- I'm selling picks, though, the conversation I always want to have with myself is, uh, can I go higher? So, if I decide I'm willing to trade the one seven or one eight for Nikhil Harry, then I'm going to look at my wide receiver rankings. I'm going to look at my rookie rankings, and I'm going to try to go up the line. Can I get AJ Brown for that same pick instead? Because I. I'd rather have Brown. Can I get DK Metcalf? I'd rather have Metcalf. Right. So I don't think there's anything wrong with paying that for Harry. I'm just going to look at all of my options first. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I do like the idea of waiting a little bit too. like you said, the, the depth of this class, you know, could push him out of that first round. You know, he might not be a, a, a top 12 player if you combined both classes at this point for for some people. And if someone can wants to wants to jump into that late second or sorry, late first round uh, or, or pick up two early second rounds if some players fall, you know, that might be a great deal to make while while uh, that that team is on the clock there. So uh, let's move on uh, to the 49ers and Saints. Ryan, who you got? Yeah, I got uh, Raheem Mostert here, the um, the 49ers running back. And, I mean, this guy is tearing it up lately, obviously. Just over the past three weeks, he's the RB4. He's got back-to-back weeks of 20-plus fantasy points and uh, really has just taken over that backfield. We know Matt Breda's been hurt, uh, and, and Tevin Coleman has just been completely ineffective. Mostert is doing it uh, on the ground and as a receiver, which is encouraging to see. And if you grabbed him off the waiver wire earlier this year, then, then you're feeling pretty good right now. But uh, I think he we have to take this opportunity to sell him. I already saw some comparisons of his situation to Damian Williams from a year ago 
and the potential that he could go into next season as the starter. I don't buy that at all, whether it's Matt Breda, whether it's Tevin Coleman, uh, or, or whether it's somebody else they add to this roster. I just don't see Mostert getting, uh, really getting the chance. Not much on him in the trade finder. Uh, I, think, I think we'll see his value go up a little bit after that second straight game. So once some, some data starts coming in from, uh, from this week, we might see some decent trades, but I'd, I'd easily sell him for any second. I, I, I totally agree with you on there. I just, even when he's on your roster, you know, he's having these games, but how, how do you trust it? How do you stick that in your lineup when you clearly have a, an option that is, is a guaranteed a bigger workload? You know, like this week, I made the mistake of not starting him over guys, uh, that were, that I, I certainly would have, would have ranked over him at any point, uh, in, in this week as we were prepping to set our lineup. So, uh, I made that mistake and I just don't know how you feel comfortable. I know Tevin, Tevin Coleman is obviously on the down week, but now here comes Matt Breida's healthy again. I just don't know how you are confident in starting any of these guys. Cause one of them is going to have a really nice game, maybe even two of them, but it's going to be on, on limited touches you know we're I, th- I think we're at a point where all three of these guys uh, could could get be in the 10 to 12 touch range every week and then you can throw in Jeffrey Wilson there still in touchdowns too occasionally so I just based on the fact that we don't know or are never really going to be confident starting him I like that any second round pick you can have Marine Marie Mostert from me for sure uh, Titans and the Raiders I picked up this is this is kind of a super deep dive like a lot of these picks have been Keelan Doss three catches on three targets for 26 yards he was uh, a preseason star he was all over hard knocks this offseason he, he bounced around a little bit got cut ended up on some practice squads but he's back with the Raiders and uh, his opportunity might be a question mark I guess going forward but right now Ty- Tyrell Williams either he's not healthy or, or whatever it is you know he, he started out the season doing well scoring touchdowns in almost every game it seemed like early part of the season he got injured fell off and outside of Darren Waller there's really not a lot else in that receiving game you have to think that this is going to be uh, an area of focus in the offseason for the Raiders but Keelan Doss it seems like the coaching staff likes him stick around he's definitely on a waiver wire somewhere for you to add right now it's just kind of a speculative toss uh, and, and that these the offense is going to keep getting better hopefully uh, for the Raiders there so I don't know if you have anything about say about Keelan Doss I know it's a super deep one Ryan yeah I was gonna say the same thing you did that it's just obvious and maybe that's because we had we had access to the the camp film uh, there for uh, for hard knocks but it really obvious they like him in fact uh, early in the season uh, he signed with another team I believe it was the Jaguars and and then they ended up re-signing him back getting him back on the roster so in in those deep leagues again 30 plus man rosters uh nothing wrong with with taking a stab at him their their receiver core kind of as you mentioned is is really wide open all right ryan back to you with the jets and dolphins uh an old favorite of mine here yeah kind of along the same lines as keelan does we're talking deep leagues here isaiah ford the wide receiver for the dolphins uh this past week we saw Devonte parker Go out of the game with a uh, with a concussion. Same thing for Albert Wilson. So uh, the Dolphins were a little desperate. Turned to Isaiah Ford, and uh, and he really performed for them. Saw nine targets, which was a team high. That's uh, that's encouraging. Kind of similar to what I meant. What I mentioned with Ian Thomas earlier is that that Ford got a legit opportunity. Uh, to be the top target in that offense for most of the game, nine targets, six catches, 92 yards. And it's just, it's, it's always tough to predict how head injuries will go, but 
just the odds are that at least one of Wilson or Parker misses time next week, at least. Uh, so maybe we see, uh, obviously not wishing that, but maybe we see Ford with another opportunity in week 15 as well. And like you said, he was a favorite of yours. He's He's been a favorite of a lot of uh, dynasty players. It seems like he's been around forever. He was a seventh rounder in 2017 and uh, ha- has bounced around a little bit, but mostly with the Dolphins and, and just hasn't really broken through. This was easily his his best game, and uh, we'll see if it was a fluke or if something we should hang on to. Yeah, I could see him. You know, obviously a long shot here, but I could see him rounding out the, the top three as, as a top three receiver for them with uh, with Parker and Preston Williams. You know, and Isaiah Ford mixing in there next season. A uh, guy from Virginia Tech, back to back thousand yard seasons in uh, his junior and sophomore years, and uh, honestly, a guy on on the on those sideline catches. This is obviously a very lofty comparison, but body control wise, he 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 reminded me a little bit, just the shades of of that DeAndre Hopkins game, just be able to get up and contort his body in all kinds of different angles in the air and be able to make the catches out there. So somebody to keep an eye on and a speculative ad for sure. The next the, the next DeAndre, you say? That, <laughs> yeah, that's lock all. Lock it in. The next DeAndre Hopkins, you guys. <laughs> uh, back to you, Ryan, for uh, our second to last game here with the Colts and the Buccaneers. Yeah, unfortunately, we saw uh, Mike Evans go out with a hamstring injury in this game. And uh, usually with with those types of injuries, you kind of see the team um, mince words and and try not to be too forthcoming with their information. That's it's been the opposite. Um, The coaching staff and basically everybody has has said as soon as that game ended that Evans season is probably done. So uh, unfortunately, with uh, with a few weeks left, that should be the expectation. With Evans out, we saw Brashad Perriman and Justin Watson. You talk about some dynasty favorites. Both of those guys have had uh, have had their time on plenty of dynasty rosters, uh, but not as much lately. They both performed with Evans out of the game, though. Perriman caught three passes for 70 yards and a touchdown. Watson caught five passes for 59 yards and a touchdown. And we, we know this team is going to throw the ball around. We know Jameis is going to launch it as much as he can. They still have no running game. And and honestly, matchups don't even matter because Winston's going to throw uh, interceptions and he's going to throw touchdowns no matter how good the defense is. So it, the, the only issue with these two, and, and along with, of course, Chris Godwin, is, is just guessing which one might uh, really see the opportunity moving forward with Evans out of the lineup. I, I don't think these are really long-term ads. I think this is more if if you lost Evans and you're desperate for a wide receiver, maybe that's the short-term play. But I, I do think there's still some uh, some dynasty hope out there for Justin Watson to turn into something. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these two mix in with with Scotty Miller once they're all, you know all three kind of competing for that second spot. It obviously is a little bit of a funnel offense for those top two receivers, uh, and you know we thought it was going to be OJ Howard, maybe not. So maybe one of these three guys can mix in as that third target for twenty twenty and beyond. Kind of a side note here, Ryan. What do you do? You think Jameis Winston's going to be back? Because I, I kind of think he's going to be back now. I kind of think he will as well. And you just look around the league and some of these quarterbacks that are getting uh, trotted out each week. And, and I think, I really think the same thing is going to end up happening with Carolina. You know, how can you turn away a good quarterback? And I mean, you can, you know, you can make the jokes about Winston and obviously the, uh, the interceptions are, are terrible for him. Uh, I heard on a podcast earlier today that he has a chance to become the first quarterback ever to throw 30 touchdowns 
and 30 interceptions. Uh, probably, probably will hit that mark. I would assume there's obviously gaps in his game, but he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in, in the world. And, uh, he's going to be starting for somebody. I, I can't imagine the Bucks would uh, give up on him with, with no other real option. Some, some, I forget who it is, and I apologize for not giving you credit, but somebody put out one of those office gifts of, of it might be the best hire of your life or it might be the worst hire of your life. And I, I, that was like the perfect thing yeah. for Jameis Winston because it could be really good. My guess is he signs like uh, a contract kind of like Andy Dalton did, kind of like Colin Kaepernick did, you know, a, a contract that looks big on paper but really only has maybe a season or, or two of guarantees. Uh, and then after that, the team will be able to kind of move on. You would think after five seasons they would have enough time to evaluate Jameis Winston, but he's still still a little bit of a mystery. So I think he'll be back just based on, like you said, the the talent that's out there. And I just don't know who they would find to replace him, you know, unless Arians doesn't really seem like the type to go find a, a game manager. He wants a guy with a big arm that can can uh, facilitate his offense. So I think Winston will be back. All these guys will be, uh, uh, you know, fun offensive targets again in 2020. Let's move on to our final game, Seahawks and Rams. Uh, I picked Daryl Henderson in this game. I don't know what's going on with him. He's returning punts. He's not being involved in the offense at all. The team moved up in the draft to, to select him. Uh, but uh, Todd Gurley, I know he got the, the workload last, last night and he got those touchdowns, but it, it seems clear to me that Todd Gurley is not the same guy and is not ever going to be the same guy again. So uh, I don't know what, is, what it is with Henderson. Maybe he's not in the, uh, you know, following along with the, the coach's game plan. Maybe he's not picking up the playbook, any of that stuff. But you have to think at some point a talent like Henderson is going to get on the field. And right now I don't think really anyone is thinking of him. He's been moved a little bit over the last month. Uh, Naheem Hines and Desha- Deshaun Hamilton for De- Darrell Henderson. I would take that. I'd move on from Latavius Murray for Darrell Henderson. Uh, Henderson and uh, so, someone moved Sony Michelle for Henderson and two second round picks. I would take one second maybe for Sony at this point. So give me the se- other second and, and Henderson on top pretty easily. And then Bo Scarborough, who I, he did get hurt, so maybe this ship has sailed. Uh, but you know he was producing a little bit, so he, maybe he was somebody you could get, could get from a contender if he's going to be healthy next week. I'm not sure um, for for a guy like Henderson that isn't producing. So. Uh, Daryl Henderson, Ryan, I still want to buy him. What about you? I do as well, and and agree with you on uh, on your, your thoughts about Todd Gurley. There, just I mean, it, it stinks to say it, but he he's not the same back he was a year ago, and I would imagine that time would only make that worse. This is not something that's going to get better. He uh, sat out, you know, much of the end of last season, and and obviously the entire off season, and hasn't been better. So again really surprised at how cheap Daryl Henderson is uh, according to some of the trades you quoted uh, I need to go try to buy him before before the offseason hits once you know once the offseason rolls around it's like that that one day changes everything and every young player you know goes up uh, almost doubles in value just overnight because now we're we're back to relying on hope and upside and pretty rosters and things like that yeah, and I guess on the other the other side of the coin, if if your trade deadline is open through the playoffs and you don't need him next week, then you know maybe it's time to move Gurley right now before he becomes one of those veterans that loses a ton of value in the off season. Would you sell sell Gurley for any first rounder? I think I would. Yeah, yeah. I would too. I think I would. 
All right, guys, a little bit of a shorter episode tonight. I guess Dan, I guess Dan ta- talks a lot, Ryan. Like I, he, he, he makes our shows like 20 minutes longer, apparently. I knew that was it. <laughs> okay, so that's it for this week of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Dan, hopefully, will be back with us again next week, and we will resume recording on Sundays uh, between the afternoon and the night game uh, for the rest of the season. So we'll be back with you guys next week. Good luck in week 15. 